0: Good morning, everybody. Happy Father's Day. I think that's all the announcements that we have for today. Um, so let's read our verse together. It's Isaiah 53 6. We all went astray like sheep. We all have turned to our own way, and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. Okay. Charles let out a little bit late, so we're getting a little bit later start, but uh, I will finish this lesson today, Um, but I want us to focus on the very principle of kindness, okay? That's what we started two weeks ago, this lesson, so the beginning part, I'll go a little bit quicker through it, but be kind and compassionate. It's a quality being friendly, generous, and or considerate. We talked about this two weeks ago. What are practical ways a person can be kind to someone? So let's just real popcorn, real quick. What are some examples of being kind? Smiling. Smiling. Helping. Helping. Wherever is needed. Very good. Providing a meal. I mean, think about what, is it, what, is it, what would it mean to be kind to you? And think about that in relationship to what do we do with each other, with our spouse, with our children, with our neighbors, our co-workers. It starts with a specific attitude towards others. Philippians 2, 3 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. So what it does is it means that we, we don't have selfish ambitions. In other words, life isn't all, doesn't circle around us. It's not just about me and my happiness. It's how do I look at others the way Christ did? And think about how many times Jesus denied himself for the benefit of someone else. And did it even knowing that some would be ungrateful. Like the ten lepers who were healed. Only one returned. Ten percent. Okay? Yeah, he still healed all ten of them. Jesus fed the thousands. Most of them were there for the wrong motives. He did it anyways. And and as soon as we start to try to figure out in our minds, well, I will only be kind to those who I think deserve it. We will lose every time. We will never be happy in our life because we're always looking for motives. And the bottom line is God blesses us even when our motives are bad. Amen. Have you ever experienced the blessings of God even when you didn't deserve it? Yeah, I know I have. Don't look down on others while puffing yourself up. Don't be the Pharisee. Don't be the one that says, you know, I can't believe. And and, and in this political culture, it's so easy to do. We can get on media of all kinds. We can watch and We can start talking to televisions. And we can start talking to our phones. They don't listen to us. They don't hear us. But we do... And yet, they don't get it. And the, the issue is, is that obviously, this is where prayer comes in, and the value of prayer. Value others over yourself in thought, word, and action. Value others. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. In other words, it's not natural to any of us. The Holy Spirit can live through you and give you these fruits to give to others. So in other words, you're sitting here. You're going, I don't feel like being kind to them. Maybe because they weren't kind to you. Ever have children do that with each other? But he did this to me first. She did this to me first. And she did this. And she did that. And what? You know, it's like stop about the fairness. What Jesus says is, be kind. Be forgiving. Be filled with love and forbearance. Goodness, faithless, etc. Antonyms of this word are harsh, callous, indifference. It means to be cruel or hard hearted towards others. The example of Christ regarding kindness towards others Jesus associated with those not highly valued in society. Last time we read this, we talked about Zacchaeus. Today's sermon from Pastor Charles kind of gives you a similar vein. Luke describes many scenarios like this where Jesus was eating with sinners and Zacchaeus was one of those. He was that wee little man. You know, wee little man was he, but that's not politically correct anymore. So I'm not sure what we'd say about Zacchaeus other than the fact that uh, he had to climb up a sy- sycamore tree and uh, he was hype-challenged or something. Okay? Okay, so, but he ultimately, when he gets around Jesus, think about this. When he gets around Jesus, he makes things right. He makes things right. And Jesus, listen, I I think this is interesting. What does he say here? Um, People argue the fact that he's having a guest. He's being a guest of a sinner. I can't believe this. Okay? And he says, but Zacchaeus stood up and said, Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Think about how many people that was. Interesting. You want to to put the book of James in practice? It's right here. Faith without works is dead. And he says, Jesus, today salvation has come. Not because of his works but because of his heart that was transformed, that was evidenced by his work. See, he goes, you know what? I am a follower of Jesus. I believe in Jesus. You know what? I'm going to fix this. I have cheated people my whole life, and I'm going to make it right. Not only am I going to get right with those that I've cheated, but I'm going to give half of everything I owe to the poor. And think through all of this. This is an evidence of his action of what his heart was going through. Jesus associated with those who were sinners, just like he did with Zacchaeus, just like he did with others who were, were, were sinners of all kinds. We ask the question, how can we more, be more kind? We have to ask ourselves that. How can we actually apply this? How can we apply Luke 6.32-36? to 36? He says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? And it goes on. We talked about this last time as well. Think about the people that are, you know, well, I'm good to them because they're good to me. What benefit is that to you? If you're only good to people who will pay you back, okay, so what? But when you give to somebody who does not give back to you, who can't give back to you, that's when it's very evident. In your heart, what you're doing is right. You're doing it for the right motive and for the right reason. So because he is kind and ungrateful uh, to the ungrateful and wicked, be merciful, just as your heavenly father, your father is merciful. He shows mercy to people. Jesus loved children, even when the culture did not make them a priority. Now, the the shame of it is, is this statement is true unfortunately in a lot of churches today if you look at the demographics of churches there are so many churches that are just white haired individuals the young are gone and the pastor that comes in I hear the pastors all the time they want to be catered to the older You take care of us. We're the ones paying the bills. They're just obnoxious and annoying. They're noisy, they're loud, you know, you take care of us, we'll take care of you, pastor. We like the status quo. And I remember as a student at Liberty, Dr. Fowell got us preacher boys together, often talked to us. and, And he said, men, what I'd like you to do is, even though there's a lot of great churches out there that need pastors, I want you to start churches. And one of the guys, I remember, you know, one of the guys, why, why should we start a church opposed to big, these established churches that already have buildings? He goes, because I'm going to tell you something. It's it easier to give birth than to raise the dead. I'll never forget that. And it's unfortunate, but it's true. And what we have to do is, and I, as I said last time, thank you to every one of you who take time out of your busy lives to work in a one to work in children's ministries to help with BBS to do those things in which young people they're the future and we're here and we will exist and we will continue to see people saved and grow from young to old but it's that young generation and if we don't care for them like Jesus did we will cease to exist They're already claiming that America is becoming post-Christian. And I believe that. The only way to do it is to reach the young generation. Because if we don't, who will? Multimedia, YouTube, TikTok, all those kinds of media platforms are communicating. They're going to hear a message. The message they need to hear that overshadows that is the truth of the word of God. Let the word of God speak to them the truth and love. He says, let the little children come to me and hinder them not, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. We show kindness to children and youth, but we also don't want to create entitlement, right? And so we, we, and I think the issue is, is that what we have a responsibility to do is, as I mentioned last time, We've got to bring them up and make them responsible, teach them responsibility, take, help them to learn, not just give without something in return. I mentioned the fact that Cheryl talked. we're family. And as family, we all get together and do things. We serve together. We, we work together in our home. We take care of our home. And I told not teach your children to make their beds and pick up their toys. Because remember, Proverbs twenty-two-six says, train a child the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. Everything you teach them to do, they will grow up doing. If you teach them according to the way God's created them to be, when they're old, they won't depart from it. But there's also these skills that we teach them or don't teach them. And if we don't teach them, what will they learn? And how will they learn? Who are those neglected today by society and at times Christians? And how can we be more like Jesus toward them? We think through that. We can curse the darkness, or we can light a candle. Where are we, where, this has to be personal to you. Where are you lighting a candle? You can't do everything, but we can do something. Okay? You, you can't take on the responsibility of fixing everything. You can't. But you can specifically do something. And that's where, if anyone lacks wisdom, let them ask God, where can you help to light a candle? Where can you help to fix things in your circle of influence? Jesus saw the crowds of people, didn't complain, but saw them as a ministry. Someone read for me, Matthew 9, 36 to 38. When he saw the crowds. See the crowds as a problem. He saw them as a ministry. And if we're not careful, we can think of the crowds around us as a problem. Hard to find parking space, hard to find. See, whatever the case may be, I, I want this, I want that, I want convenience. I want convenience. And yet, God desires. Masses, so that they they can be ministered to, even when they're inconvenient to us. How do I view the masses? How can I be intentional about sharing the gospel with them and teaching them? How am I a laborer working in this harvest field? Where's your part, Jonathan? Thank you for your ministry at Camp Hideaway, God through your ministry, allowed you the privilege of leading five boys to Jesus. It's amazing. That family and the future legacy of that is unknown. And and we don't don't worry about all that. We just take one day at a time, but you place yourself in a position to do that. We have lots of opportunities in this church and our community to make a positive difference, to share our faith. Find a way to do that. Find a way to communicate properly and effectively, maybe even through your job. That someone, well, you don't have to proselytize. Okay? You don't have to give them a gospel track. But if it's evidenced in your life, someone's going to ask you, tell me, why are you different? And then that, that God's going, this is your time. Go for it. It's Jesus in my life. And any time you want to know more about my Jesus, I'll be glad to tell you. And you can ask him a question. Even to get him thinking about it. And it can be transformative. A friend from school. Young people that are here can share your faith with your friends. Can talk about Jesus to your friends. It can transform their life. They're looking for something that provides meaning and purpose. Jesus even forgave those who hurt him. Someone read for me Luke 22 47 to 52. While he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man whom he called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading him. He approached Jesus he kissed him. But Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When well, Jesus followers Saul, what was going to the happen, they said, Lord, shall we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, No more of this. And he touched the man's ear and killed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priest, the officers of the temple, the Lord, and the elders who had come for him, Am I leading a rebellion that you have to come with swords and clubs? Jesus forgave those who hurt him. Remember on the cross? Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. You see this. And when you you have to ask yourself the question, here's somebody who wants to crucify him, kill him. Why would Jesus want to forgive him? Why would Jesus want to forgive somebody who wants to kill them? How do we feel when you're personally hurt? You're hurt personally, hurt physically or emotionally by others. You want revenge first. You, want revenge first. Then you think <laughs> Sort of like the kid that does the kid that does something really wrong. And you're really upset about it. But you know that they just don't know that what they're doing is wrong. You yeah. Yep. So it's like when your child does something wrong and, and your natural inclination is you, you really want to take care of the situation immediately but sometimes you step back a little bit and you go okay wait is that the right thing do they even understand what they're doing is wrong at varying ages it, it changes and we, we, we understand certain things you know um, vengeance is a natural response being kind and forgiving to them is supernatural. In Ephesians four thirty two says, "Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you." Can I ask this question, everybody? Think about your sin. I want you, I know I don't want to bring up a bad subject, but for purposes of this lesson, think about the sins that you have committed in your life. Okay. I know we're not going to take the rest of the day to do that, but we can all take the rest of the day to do that. Have you been forgiven, yes or no? Yes. Is that amazing? Think of all of the sins that you've committed, that I've committed. And I'm forgiven. Think of how many times I have sinned against God personally. Yes, I'm forgiven me. Now, think about that relationship to human beings. How many times does a person have to hurt you emotionally, sin against you, and you still forgive them? Seven times? No, seven. Is that 490 times? And on 491, you say, forget it. I've counted them. I've kept a record. No. His principle is you forgive them. But in our minds, it's like, that's not fair. Why should they get off the hook? And God says, what about you? He says to Lou, what about you, Lou? How many times are you supposed to be forgiving? How many times do you want me to forgive you? How many times do you want me to forgive you, Lou? Every time. Bingo. Do that for them. Forgive as you've been forgiven see people the way Jesus does take time to think of others avoid being so busy that you don't have time for others how can we be this role model of kindness we see people the way Jesus does and we have to read God's word to figure out how he does that how he's not annoyed by people yet we can be annoyed by people very easily The Only ones he was annoyed by was who? The Pharisees, the religious people who were prideful in themselves. Take time to think of others. In our busy world, do we even take time to pray for others? Do you have a habit of praying for people? That not just, God, I pray for everybody and I pray for world peace. That sounds more like a beauty contest statement than a prayer life, right? world peace. If you're able to give, if a need presents itself. Someone read Ephesians 4.28. Anyone who has been stealing, you must steal no longer. but must work. Avoid something useful. Uh, doing something useful with their own... It's a completely different process of thinking about your resources. And about your work. This is an incredible statement. In our culture today, we work to buy stuff. The Apostle Paul, through the Holy Spirit, is saying, work so that you have to give to somebody in need. What? What about my needs? Don't worry about your needs. I'll take care of your needs. Are you thinking about others through your resources? But I pay taxes. Yep. And we all do. We have to. But what is he having us do? And how is God using us to meet others' needs? James 2, 15 to 17 says, Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. And if one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. Now, again, he's not asking you, God is never going to ask you to do something more than you're capable of. But what he does say is, if you can, do something about it. If you have a need, let someone else meet your need. You hear me? If you have a need, let others meet your need. God wants to bless them. Don't stop God from blessing somebody else by being unwilling. Well, no, I'm good. I don't need your help. I'm fine. No. That's what the family of God is all about. First John 3, 17-18 says, If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Let's put our money where our mouth is. If you don't have something good to say, don't say anything at all. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Yeah, amen. Speak the truth in love. Ephesians 4.15. Someone read that for me. Okay. Instead, all you volunteers out there, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. Okay. Stop it. How many of you want to be, become mature in Christ? amen. You need to be told the truth in love. That means when your spouse says something to you that's kind yet direct, to heed it. Don't get angry about it. If we're going to grow in Christ, we have to learn to hear the truth. Okay? We should be able to, as the old movie statement says, handle the truth. We need to be able to handle the truth. Don't get angry about it. Don't put up a wall. Learn from it so that we can become mature. How do I know when to say something to help a brother or sister to mature in their faith and not be viewed as critical? You can't worry about how another person responds as long as you're kind in the communication. If you speak the truth in love... It's their problem if they don't handle it correctly. Okay, that's what boundaries is all about, learning that principle. And then the final statement is this, am I generally kind or harsh towards others? If you had your friends and family around you, and you ask them this question and they felt comfortable enough to answer it, would they say you're generally kind or harsh towards others? And I would remind us that includes the automobile. (laughs) That includes work. That includes your neighbor. That includes those around us. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, teach us to be kind. Teach us to be compassionate. To love as you have loved. God, I pray that we would not just be hearers of your word, but doers of it. Lord, again, this is Father's Day, and many folks in here and around this church are going to be leaving they're going to be going to restaurants or home to eat and um, it's going to get frustrating for some because they're going to have to wait longer than they want to or it's not going to go the way they anticipated or planned God teach us what it means to be kind to be patient to be understanding to be loving it's not easy Lord that's why it's a fruit of your Holy Spirit May your Holy Spirit not only live within us, but what may our, we confess our sins so that your Holy Spirit won't be grieved or quenched by that sin. And that may the power of the Holy Spirit work in our lives today, <coughs> this week, throughout the rest of our lives. As you give us opportunity, may we share our faith this week and lead others to Jesus through our actions and words and our motives, Lord. Bless us as we go our separate ways. Bring us back together again next week. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you all. Have a great week.